Please join me in our responsive reading for today, printed in your worship folder and on the screen. Give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his greatness. Sing praise to the Lord. Be glad that we belong to God. The Lord is our God. His commands are for all the world. Praise the Lord. Welcome to everyone. We're glad that you're here today and hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way to get today as we worship the Lord together. We welcome our guests, especially you're very important to us. And so we're we're glad that you're here and we hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. 
First of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on the end of each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out. Give us as, as much information as you feel comfortable giving to us. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, it comes out every Thursday. Please give us your email address on there and, and we'll be glad to put you on the list to, to receive our email newsletter that comes out each week. Also, um, we'll be having our joy lunch this week on Tuesday, and the uh, program will be, is it Mary Rye? I thought so. Mary Rye will be bringing our program uh, always on uh, during November. She does that and uh, brings a, a word of thanksgiving. And what? And we hope to have guests from Chapel Hill as well uh, this, this Tuesday uh, for our joy lunch. Uh, on Friday, our, chil- our children will be having a movie night um, on Friday evening. They'll be watching a blind- The Blind Side, which is a great movie, a great movie. And so I hope that uh, our children and their families can be here for, for that on, chil- on uh, Friday evening. Uh, also, uh, we've been talking the past few weeks, and we start- we're starting this week, the challenge that we have going for uh, uh, between the men and the women to collect items for the Henderson Christian Outreach. And so I'm going to ask Dottie uh, Sugg to come up and have a word about the, uh, about the Christian Outreach and, and what we're doing there. I want to thank the church for all their support that they give to Christian Outreach, first of all. First, uh, the Joy Lunch Group started giving to us, and then uh, you guys started uh, collecting cereal once a month for our agency. And and for the church as a whole, have you supported me, and for the women's group that has supported me also. So I want to thank all of you for all of your support that you have given me through and Christian outreach through the years and as you continue to do that. Um, if I sound a little sleepy, I am. I had a sleep study done last night, and one of the questions on, when they gave me when I left this morning was, did you, have, did you sleep good? And I thought, well, after them coming in about four or five times, yes, I didn't. But... Uh, it was an unusual experience. So, um, but Christian outreach right now, we are seeing numbers I have never seen before. I keep saying this because it, it keeps gradually getting larger and larger. Now, the first week of the month used to be my, where I could breathe, <laughs> that it was a slow time because people, were able to get their own food and all this, but it's not that way anymore. Last week we had as many people as we did on the last of the last of the month. Uh, we're seeing a lot of lot of young families come through our doors because they've either lost their jobs or they both the mother and the father are working jobs that only make nine ten dollars an hour. And you know you cannot raise a family on that kind of income. It just, you just can't do it. And I have people come in and when, when I see this peanut butter all around, because we are running low on peanut butter and God must have answered a prayer, we have never ran low on peanut butter, but we have in the last two weeks. I've had to go on and buy it. And I want to thank you so much. When I see that peanut butter, I see the faces that come through those doors that I know have families, that children who love peanut butter and jelly. Who doesn't love peanut butter and jelly? And that is one of our mainstays. And yes, we're having a crucial time. The country's having a crucial time. So when the country does your, your minimum wage and they tend to lose their jobs, uh, and they tend to have to go to jobs that are making less than what they used to. And we're seeing a lot of people that are just not being able to get employment. So we need to pray for the country 
and we need to pray for Christian outreach that we can keep up the food bank and all the all the other things that we do, but our mainstay is the food bank. We are one of the largest food banks in this area. We take care of all of Henderson County, which is a big chore. Um, most of the other agencies do not have the food banks that we are able to generate because of our capabilities. And Christian Outreach is, is fortunate that we can do that, that we can give uh, not only food, but we can give personal care items. And personal care items you cannot get with food stamps. So I'm going to cut it short. And uh, I could go on and on about Christian Outreach. And I thought, I told Mike, I think I ought to take my PowerPoint. He says, doesn't it last about 15 or 30 minutes? I said, yeah. He said, no, don't take your PowerPoints. So I didn't. So I gave you all a break. <laughs> so thank you very much. Thank you, the church. Thank you for everything you do for our agency. And just pray for us because we're going through a very stressful time right now trying to keep up with the needs of the community. Thank you. Thank you, Dottie. Okay, I've been handed a, a note here. I want everybody uh, to look up in the corners here. We got men over here and women over here, and you'll see what the, what's stacked up over there. Uh, Dottie, you are no, no longer running short on peanut butter, okay? Uh, and and here we have this competition between the men and the women, and, and here it is, guys. We've got to step up here. Women, 110 containers of peanut butter, and men, 85. But here's the most important number, 195 containers of peanut butter for Christian Outreach. Next week... Our assignment is to bring cereal and or breakfast bars, okay? And I've been told to remind everyone that individual breakfast bars don't count. You, have, you can't take them out of the box. And those little things of cereal don't count. That counts as one you know, if you buy a package of those. So, you know, you have to buy a whole thing there, all right? <laughs> but that's cereal or breakfast bars for next week. So thank you for your generosity, and thank you on behalf of, of Dottie and the Christian Outreach, and, and on behalf of the, the people who are, who are suffering in this community. So we're grateful for you. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. And as we do that, children, come forward for our children's moment. Okay, I know that you're waiting for some music to call you to order, but if you, we can find our seats, we'll have our children's moment now. Hi, guys. I want to know, how many of your parents had ever told you, watch your tone with me? Mine has. I got that told to me yesterday. Okay, well, <laughs> that's my problem. Whenever I want to tell my mom, my brother, my dad something, I get smart sometimes, all the time. Um, so here's a little story about your tone of voice. 
It's not so much what you say as the manner in which you say it. It's not so much the language you use as the tone in which you convey it. Come here, I said sharply, and the children cowered and wept. Come here, I said as I looked and smiled, and straight to my lap he crept. Words may be mild and fair, but the tone may pierce like a dart. Words may be soft as summer air, but the tone may break your heart. For words come from the mind, grow by study and art, but tone leaps from the inner self, revealing the state of heart. Whether you know it or not, whether you mean or care, gentleness, kindness, love, and hate, envy, anger are there. Then would you quarrels avoid and peace and love rejoice. Keep anger not only out of the, your words, keep out of your voice. So what that's saying is anything you say, you say it with a nice tone. Even if you're wanting to make your brother be quiet. Sorry, Jake. Um, you say it very nicely. You ask kindly. You don't say, you need to shut your mouth now. <laughs> Haven't I said that to you before, Jake? Yeah. You need to say it very nicely. Please be quiet. Don't, could you please quiet down? Something nice like that. You don't, you don't be hateful. So has any of you ever said something to your, mean to your, your parents, your brother, your sister? Hear me? <laughs> you want me to come back to you? Jerry? You told your sister a mean word. That's not nice. <laughs> Emily? You said don't talk to me? Did you say that to Meg? Oh, okay. Your dog. <laughs> Okay, you got to be nice to your dog, too. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay, we're going to close with a prayer today, so let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful day and for bringing us together to worship. Please bless us all as we leave the church. In your name we pray, amen. All right, now I have a treat for you. You get two Hershey kisses, and if you've said something mean to somebody, you give the other one to somebody else, okay? Come up here. It's a good word for all of us, and uh, we're going to have our scripture reading and in, in, in prayer in just a moment. Uh, but before we do, we want to thank Kelsey for doing that and to uh, let everybody know that today is her 13th birthday. <laughs> Please join with me in reading the scripture this morning, either from your Bible that you have in your hands or your mobile device or your electronic reader. I'll be reading from Luke. Chapter 6, verses 20 through 36. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people do not like you, and when they, and when they exclude you, revile you, and demand you, on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who do not like you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and for anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. 
And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask them for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that for you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Let us pray. Our most wonderful and gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you in utmost praise and glory for being who you are to us in this place this morning as we worship you. We ask that your blessings be upon us as we sing praises and hear your word proclaimed, as we celebrate who have gone on before us in this All Saints Day service. We remember a lot more of saints than just the famous ones. We have known the nondescript, the bumbling, the inept ones, the justly proud and the overly humble, the wonderfully capable and the woefully decrypt, We've known the poor in spirit, those who are empty enough to show us you. Lord, may our footprints that we follow and the footprints that we leave be deep. You have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Give us grace so to follow your blessed saints and all virtuous and godly living that we may come to those ineffable joys that you have prepared from, for those that truly love you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, whom with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God in glory everlasting. And we say, Amen.
Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we're here today to hear the word. Do bless the saints and those who are less fortunate than we are. God, reach out to those uh, who can't get out. And this is a season of giving. Reach out to those that are homebound and can't get out. Uh, this is a bad times. So be with those that are in real need. In Jesus' name, amen. Chicago newspaper columnist Bob Green wrote an article about a 10-year-old girl named Sarah. seems that Sarah's grandfather had died recently. Sarah's mother said that he hadn't been feeling well for some time, so he went to the hospital for some tests just to find out what was wrong, and he died two weeks later. Now, Sarah was not able to go to the hospital to see her grandfather before he died, and so she never got that opportunity to say goodbye to him. Her mother said this was her first experience with death, but we could tell that as upset as she was, she was even more upset by the fact that she couldn't see him in those last days. She just didn't have that opportunity to have that one last talk with Grandpa. Well, Sarah didn't say very much about how she was feeling, but 
One day she came home from a birthday party with a helium balloon and she went into her room. And then when she came back out again, she was carrying the balloon along with an envelope. Inside the envelope was a letter that she had written to her grandfather. And the envelope was addressed to Grandpa Bernie in heaven up high. In the letter, she she wrote, Hi, Grandpa. How are you? What's it like up there? And the letter ended with Sarah telling her grandfather that she loved loved him very much and that she hoped that, that somehow he could hear what she was saying to him. So she attached the letter to the balloon with a string. She went outside and she let it go. Well, about two months later, a letter arrived addressed to Sarah Myers and family. The letter was bore a postmark from York, Pennsylvania. It had been mailed by a man named Donald Kopp, and the letter began, Dear Sarah, family and friends, Your letter to Grandpa Bernie Myers apparently reached its destination and was read by your grandfather. However, I understand that they can't keep material things up there. They just keep things like thoughts and memories and love and things like that. So your letter drifted back to the earth where I found it. It seems that Mr. Kopp found the balloon with the letter attached to it while he was hiking along the Pennsylvania Maryland border. And so this balloon had traveled almost 600 miles from Illinois across four states before resting in the Pennsylvania forest. Sarah said that at night I would think about it. I just wanted to hear from grandpa somehow. And in a way, now I think I have. Well, my friends, it's good for us from time to time to remember, to stop and remember those saints who have gone on to be with God. Last Sunday, our children celebrated Halloween with trick-or-treating, and you may have handed out some candy at your house, and I'm sure that our children went from house to house uh, receiving that candy. But some of you may or may not know that the word Halloween literally means Hallow's Eve. In other words, it is the eve, the night before All Hallows Day or All Saints Day. And so today, on the Sunday after that, we celebrate All Saints Sunday. And we want to take this time this morning to to remember those saints who have gone on to be with God. And we give thanks for the influence that these people have had in our lives. We have invited you to share in this time of remembrance by providing us with some information about deceased loved ones who you want to remember and to celebrate their lives. And some of you have done that. And it is is truly a celebration of life because each of these people are people that we love. These are people who have impacted our lives with their love and with their influence. And so I'm going to call the names of the people that we are remembering today. And as I do so, I would like to invite a family member or a friend to come forward. And I understand that Phyllis is going to be up here helping. Um, You can come on, Phyllis. Um, I I would like to invite, as I call the names of the person that we we have here, to invite a family member or several family members and friends to come forward, pick up one of the flowers that Phyllis has here, representing the life of your loved one, and place it in the vase here. As each flower is added to the beauty of others, we are creating a wonderful arrangement of life that celebrates the love and the joy and the laughter and the lessons that we have learned from our departed loved ones. After I call the names of those listed, there may be others who would like to remember a loved one as well, and we will invite you to come at that time uh, and tell us the name of the person that you are remembering and place a flower in our arrangement. The names of those that we have are Harold Barclay, Nina Hall's nephew. You could do that. Margaret Brewer, the wife of Bill Brewer and the mother of Patricia Bartlett. 
Joseph Shiraki, friend and in-laws of Jerry and Adele Martin. David Cody, friend of Jerry and Royce Neal. Jody Duncan, son of Barbara Pugh. David Greenside, the son of Cliff and Louise Greenside and the nephew of Dorothy and Ron Spaulding and Monica Hazelwood. Barbara Hilliard. Richard F. Hopps. Marilyn Emmel, former mother-in-law of Royce Neal. Mildred Keach, the wife of Donnie Keach. Jean and Lloyd Reed, the grandparents of Kim Knight. Norma Shetterly, the sister of Margaret Edwards and Sally Carter. Honor May Slaughter, Pat Denton's mother. And you can stay here because we have June Truby as well, the niece of Sally Carter and Margaret Edwards. Robert H. Bob Van Bussum, the uncle of Nora Hobson. Wanda Watson, the mother of Lana Hopgood. Robert Wilson, the father of Cindy Hall.
and Billy Winters, the father of Royce Neal and Valeda Barber. Today we celebrate All Saints Sunday, and what we have done is to celebrate those saints in our lives who have helped to make us who we are. But what exactly is a saint? We think of saints in terms of super holy people whose example is a life that we could not come close to emulating, but biblically speaking, that is that is not the case at all. Frederick Buechner says that When I talk about saints, I mean men and women who are made not out of plaster and platitudes and moral perfection, but out of human flesh. I mean spirits who have rough edges and blind spots, just like everyone else, but whose lives are transparent to something so extraordinary that every so often it stops us in our tracks. My friends, saints are are ordinary Christians, just like you and me whose lives reflect the life of Jesus Christ. And that's the first thing that I want us all to see this morning. Jesus was teaching one day in the midst of a great crowd of people, of ordinary people, just like you and me. And in that crowd were people who were sick, people who were poor, people who were looking for relief from their problems. And and looking over that crowd, Jesus said to them, Blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of heaven. You know, the poor are often forgotten and nameless people, aren't they? Even today, they are forgotten and nameless. We are so much more interested in the lifestyles of the rich and famous than we are with the poor. But but Jesus doesn't forget about them. In fact, he calls them blessed. And then he turns to the hungry And those who weep, and he called them blessed as well. He said that in the coming kingdom, those who are hungry will be filled, and those who weep will be filled with laughter. And so his words gave hope to these people who who felt that there was nothing in their lives to look forward to. And then Jesus spoke a word, a special word to his followers. He said, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you because of me. My friends, Jesus knew that the good news of God's salvation upset some people. For you see, it's a radical word and people get nervous when they when they are around radical words. It puts people on edge when we start talking about loving your enemies and going the second mile and turning the other cheek and and making peace and doing good to those who don't do good to us. And Jesus knew that that down the road, his disciples would have a hard time with the powers that be. And not only his disciples, but everyone else who was called by the name of Jesus. And so Jesus spoke these words of hope. When these things happen to you and they will happen, he said, Jesus told his followers to rejoice in that day. And leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. And history has truly proven that to be true. Even our own forefathers and foremothers in the Baptist faith were persecuted and imprisoned for holding a belief that was different from the majority of those in power. And that is why we are such staunch believers in the freedom of all people to practice their religion without persecution and harassment, no matter that they may be different from us. For you see, we never want to be guilty of persecuting others as we have been persecuted in our own history. And so on this All Saints Sunday, we honor all of those people down through history who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. On this special day, we also remember those ordinary Christians who had an extraordinary commitment. We remember those special people who have meant so much in the development of our own faith. There may be a Sunday school teacher in your 
in your life or a pastor or a close relative or mothers and fathers who have had such an impact on your life and that you remember today. Leo Biscalgia remembers his own father. He says, Papa has been dead for many years now, but my hallways still resound with his footsteps and his laugh and the lilt of his voice. His special glow emerges from the memories of secret places and often causes me to pause and picture him as he was. Leo remembers the last time that he was with his father. They were walking on the sand near the ocean in Waikiki, and he says his father looked old and tired. His brisk walk was by now a slow and painful gait. And as they were walking along the seashore, Biscalgia writes, I had an uncontrollable urge to stop right there and to take him into my arms and hug him. But Papa, always the nurturer, spared me that trouble because he stopped and he reached out to me and he took me into his arms and he spoke the very thoughts that I wanted to express. He said, don't be sad. We've had a nice life together. Yes, we remember those special people. And we give thanks to God for the privilege of walking beside them and and for their influence in our lives. And I'm sure that all of us have people who have served as, as models in our lives, who have set us on the path that we have taken in life. And today... We remember those people with thanksgiving. But we also, on this All Saints Sunday, acknowledge the fact that we build upon the foundations that they have laid. I want you to think about that for a moment. The disciples spent the better part of three years traveling around with Jesus. They learned from him. And they absorbed the influence that He had on their lives. But then after Pentecost, it was their time to put the teachings of Jesus into practice. They were the ones who were responsible for spreading the good news in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And today we are to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and his disciples. My friends, every generation has had the joy and the responsibility of transferring that message of Jesus onto the next generation. The apostles spread the message of salvation to the next generation, and that generation spread the gospel onto the next, and so on it went for the next 2,000 years. So you see, we did not come to our Christian faith all by ourselves. We build our faith on a foundation that has taken 2,000 years to construct. Former Surgeon General C. Everett Koop writes in his memoirs of his desire to attend medical school, and he says, as I prepared for my career as a doctor, there was one thing that I knew for sure. I wanted to attend medical school at Columbia, Columbia University's College of Physicians and Surgeons. He says, when I went to Columbia for my admissions interview, I felt very much at home there, and it was inconceivable to me that I might not be admitted. And my discussion with the admissions panel seemed to go very well until one of them asked, do you ever expect to make any major discoveries in the field of medicine? Dr. Koop says it was a stupid question then, and it's a stupid question now. But he answered the question like this. He said, from what experience I have in reading about discoveries in the field of medicine, I rather think that those who make them are building upon the efforts of many who come who came before them, but did not do that one final thing that achieved success or fame. I would like to be the one who makes a major discovery, but I will be content to contribute to the process. And so the admissions interviewer said, we don't think you've got the stuff we're looking for at the College of Physicians and Surgeons. Well, Dr. Coop was devastated, but he still feels that he gave a good answer. And my friends, I believe it was a good answer, too. 
Because you see, on this All Saints Sunday, we we remember those ordinary people who have lived out their lives in Christ-like love. And we acknowledge that today we are only building on the foundations that have already been built for us. However, if we are going to build on their foundation, then we too need to be ordinary people of extraordinary faith. When Dr. Fred Craddock returned to his hometown in Tennessee to care for his terminally ill sister, he had the, the occasion to visit the church of one of his friends, and Craddock had not been in that church since he was a young boy. And so when they arrived at the church that morning, he noticed that the sun was shining through the stained glass windows. So he asked his friend, do you have new windows? his friend replied, yes, aren't they beautiful? And indeed they were. But Dr. Craddock thought, this is a small church. And I I wondered how in the world they could afford such beautiful windows like these. And and then he looked at the names in the windows and, and he said, I grew up here most of my life, but I didn't recognize any of those names. Now, usually church windows are named for families that have been in the church for many, many years or families who have contributed financially for the purchase of those windows. But he didn't recognize a single name on any one of those windows. So his friend said, well, here's a story. There was a church up in St. Louis that ordered new windows from a company in Italy. But when they arrived, they were not the right size. And so instead of shipping them back to Italy, the company said, try to sell them while we made new ones. And so they advertised the windows and we went up to St. Louis and we bought them. So Dr. Craddock asked his friend, are are, are you going to put up some new nameplates for folks in this church? And his friend said, no. He said, we talked about that in the board meeting and we decided to leave those names up there. And Dr. Craddock asked, why? And the friend replied, because it is good for our church to know that there are a lot of saints of God in God's kingdom that we don't even know about. Well, my friends, I don't know about you, but I want to be counted in that number as well. And I want to be among those ordinary people who have an extraordinary faith and an extraordinary commitment and an extraordinary love. And that's what we're called to do. And it doesn't really matter if anybody knows our name or not. Christ knows, and that's what's important, just as he knows those who are poor and those who are hungry and those who are grieving and those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. He knows all of this. And if we are faithful to Jesus Christ, as those were who have gone before us, and if we build upon that foundation that they have laid for us, then he indeed will call our names Blessed. And so today on this All Saints Sunday, we remember with thanksgiving those who have gone before us. We are grateful for them. And we we remember them with much love and much appreciation. We acknowledge the work that they have done the influence on our lives, the foundation that they have laid for us. And now it is our turn to build upon that foundation. It is our turn to influence the lives of others. It is our turn to pass on the message of God's salvation to the next generation that is coming up after us. And so I say, along with Jesus, blessed are the saints of yesterday and today. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response, Shall We Gather at the River, number 518. And there may be someone here today who needs to respond to 
the prompting of God's Holy Spirit in your life. There may be someone who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ and to to join the ranks of the saints of heaven, the saints of God's kingdom. And that's how we do that. By accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. If you've never done that, I hope that you won't leave here before you do. Perhaps there's someone who is looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to unite with our church. We are a a church of saints. Not always perfect. Like Frederick Beekner said, we have our blind spots and our rough edges. But we are God's people. And that says a lot. If you would like to be a part of our fellowship, we invite you to join with us. Or perhaps you need, you need a time of prayer. We invite you to come as we pray together and we can pray together. We're going to be singing, Shall We Gather at the River? And we invite you to come as we sing. Would you come?